Welcome to the Light of God's Word broadcast, a broadcast that shines the light of God's Word through expositional teaching of the Word of God. This broadcast is a ministry of Lighthouse Independent Baptist Church in Lewisburg, Tennessee. You can find out more information about our church at www.lewisburglighthouse.com. Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 as we continue our series through the book of 1 Corinthians. Last week, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We focused mainly on verses 1 through 8, uh, but the entirety of the chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, is dealing with sin in the church and church discipline. And now we're going to continue into chapter 6, and in chapter 6 we find also some other issues that take place from time to time within the church among the believers, and that's what Paul is dealing with here in this chapter. Specifically, one of the challenges that he's dealing with is the question of whether or not Christians are to sue other Christians in civil court. Uh, And so let's begin reading in verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 11. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If ye then have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is so that there is not a wise man among you. No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that is and that your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The United States is the most um, litigious society in history. There's more litigation and lawsuits that take place in the United States uh, than anywhere else. And uh, one website many years ago uh, said that over 16 million civil cases were filed in state courts. That's one for every 20 people in this country. In fact, my my guess is it's only gone up since then. So that leads to a question. Why are there so many lawsuits in America? Well, part of the reason, according to the Economic Journal, has to do with the incentives to sue, which Americans have a lot. While in most European legal systems, the loser in a suit has to pay a portion of the winner's legal fees. And in America, each party has to pay their own legal fees. So simply speaking, in America... There's little to lose, and so many people apparently file a lawsuit just to see how far they can go with it, sometimes just hoping that the other people will settle and that they'll get something out of it. In 1 Corinthians, uh, we find a legal situation that was uh, much, um, probably as much as it was in Athens, where litigation was part of everyday life. So what we have today 
could be a little bit similar to what they had then. In fact, that there were arguments and litigation over issues every day. It almost become a form of challenge and even entertainment. There was one ancient writer that claimed, in a manner of speaking, every Athenian and Corinthian was a lawyer, in the sense that they were always uh, going to litigation and arguments and lawsuits. So when a problem arose between two parties, and they couldn't settle between themselves, the first recourse was private arbitration. Each party was assigned a private citizen who was supposed to be unbiased as an arbitrator, and the two arbitrators, along with the neutral third person, uh, would resolve the problem. But if they failed, then the case was turned over to a court known as the 40, who assigned a public arbiter to each party. Interestingly, every citizen had to serve as one of these during the 60th year of his life. So they'd take a, an established person and they would step in. And if a public arbitration failed, then the case went to jury. It went to a court composed from several hundred to sometimes several thousand jurors. Everybody over the age of 30 was subject to serving as a juror. Now, here in the United States, I think you have to have a driver's license. I could be wrong on this, but I think if you have a driver's license, you're subject to be called uh, to be on a jury. And many of you have probably experienced that or, or have been uh, thinking you would experience that as you got that letter in the mail that said, uh, you've been selected. But there, every citizen over 30 years of age was subject, either as a party to the lawsuit or as an arbitrator or as a juror, most citizens were regularly involved in legal proceedings. And can I say this? Unless you're a lawyer by occupation, that's not a place where I think you should want to live constantly in legal proceedings. In Corinth, the Gentile Christians had been so used to arguing, disputing, and taking each other to court uh, before they were saved that many of these people ha had carried this over, these, these Christians had carried their carnal practice and their, if you will, worldly practice over into their Christian life. And that was not only wrong spiritually, but it was also unnecessary. On the other hand, for centuries, Jews had settled all their disputes, either privately or in a synagogue court. They refused to take their problems before the Gentile court, and they believed that to do so would imply that God, through his own people, using his own scriptural principles, uh, were not able to solve the problems, and that they had to go to the world uh, to get help because what God had to offer wasn't enough, and they did not want to portray that picture, and therefore it was considered a form of blasphemy to go to court before the Gentiles. Both, both Greek and Roman rulers had allowed the Jews to continue that practice, even outside of uh, Palestine. And under Roman law, Jews could try virtually every offense and give almost any sentence except for they could not sentence people to death. Now, as we know from Jesus' trial, the Sanhedrin was free to imprison and beat Jesus as they pleased, but they required the permission of Rome, which was represented by Pilate, in order to put him to death. And because Christians were considered by the Romans to be a Jewish sect, the Corinthian believers were probably free to settle their disputes among themselves, but that's not what they did. And, and although Christians from a Jewish background might have been inclined to do so, Christians from a Gentile background were used to almost the sport of public litigation or lawsuits. The believers in Corinth were settling their differences before the world instead of settling their differences in a scriptural way. 
Now, like the Corinthians, that's a lot of history, but like the Corinthians, many Christians today fail to understand the gospel properly. And the result is that many Christians have a worldly value system. And because we don't understand the gospel properly and how the gospel changes our lives, we begin to behave just like non-Christians, and sometimes that ends up in taking each other to civil court. Now, we need to grow in our understanding of the gospel so that we can live out the gospel every day. Not just tell people the gospel when we're given a witness presentation, but we actually live out the transforming power of the gospel. So we're going to begin today looking at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and we're going to look at how Christians should handle disputes among themselves. Now, first we're going to experience an incredible problem, and that's mishandling the lawsuits. Although the Gentiles were used to bringing lawsuits against each other in public court, the Jews were not. They didn't believe that it was appropriate for Gentiles to handle their disputes. Well, Paul came from a Jewish background, and he agreed that it was an incredible problem for Christians to mishandle lawsuits by simply going out to public court and airing all their problems. You know, oftentimes in relationships, there are problems, but that doesn't mean everyone needs to know them. I don't understand oftentimes how on social media you tend to have two uh, sets of people, the people who uh, only post, you know, like their life is perfect, and you got the people who they post everything, including the things we wish they didn't. And uh, so Paul sets down two principles for dealing with this incredible problem. First of all, Christians should not bring lawsuits against other Christians in public court. It was inconceivable to Paul that Christians would actually bring these lawsuits against each other in public court. So he says in verse 1, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Then in verse 6 he says, But brother goeth to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. He, he was almost flabbergasted that they were even doing this. Now what's the nature of the grievance here? That's what some people say. Well, what were they going to law over? Paul doesn't specify what it was over. Some have thought that the grievance had to do with the illegitimate sexual relationship that he just dealt with in chapter 5. However, that's unlikely because Paul had already passed judgment on the man, and it indicated that he was to be put out of the fellowship, meaning by chapter 6, he shouldn't even be here. So more likely, the grievance has to do with some kind of dispute, uh, possibly a financial dispute. Notice that he says, why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? There's this idea that possibly there were some financial disputes where maybe some fraud had entered in or, or suspected fraud. Nevertheless, regardless of the nature of the grievance, Paul indicates that Christians should not bring lawsuits against each other in public court. But obviously, Christians do have grievances with each other. So then that leads us then, how do we solve these disputes with each other? And that brings us to the second principle, Christians should judge lawsuits against each other. Paul anticipated the objection that Christians were not competent to judge. Um, the, 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 Paul anticipated this idea that Christians weren't competent to judge disputes between Christians. And so asking a series of questions, Paul affirms the fact that it's Christians who should judge lawsuits against each other. Notice here, do you not know, verse 2, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that ye shall judge, we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? 
If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. Paul lays it out here and he says, listen, the saints shall judge the world. We shall judge angels. Can you not judge in the matters of individual relationships? He says, listen, I, I say this to your shame. If, if, if he were to use a Southern parent's statement, it'd be, you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. He says, is there not a wise man among you? Is there nobody among you that can function as a judge that you have to go outside of the walls of the church in order to go to the secular world? Are you saying that the secular world has more wisdom than the people of God? He says, this is a shameful thing. But you see, when we put it in those terms, it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of shameful. But they were living it out. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing. Well, this ain't a problem for the church. This is a problem for the law. And, and, and don't get me wrong. There are certain criminal aspects and things, criminal aspects, they need to go to the law. But a lot of these lawsuits that go on have nothing to do with criminal nature that's that's an arrest and a conviction, and those should be done and followed according to the law. But most lawsuits ended up being, I got disappointed by something you did, and so I'm going to make you pay for it. And, and Paul says, can the church not judge that? Or is there no wise person among you that can be a arbitrator that can deal with this problem? He says, this is a shameful, shameful thing. Now, as we look next time when we're together, we're going to find the underlying problem that leads to all of this, and it's not living the gospel. Not living the gospel. I'm not saying not believing the gospel for salvation. I'm not saying all these people were lost, but they weren't living the gospel. And I think we too sometimes can be guilty of not living the gospel. You say, I've never taken anybody to court. Well, there are other ways in which it shows itself and we're going to look at the underlying problem next time we are together uh, dealing with 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and how Christians need to handle these situations. But I want to take just a moment and say it means a lot to us that you take time and listen. And we thank you so much for doing so. Uh, and I want to encourage you uh, that if you're in our area in Lewisburg, Tennessee, to come by one of our services. Uh, we would love to have you at Lighthouse Independent Baptist Church. Thank you for listening, and remember this week to be a light to others so that through you they may see the glory of God.